God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time that we get to share together in here, just to be able to worship, to be able to dive into the word, to be able to uh, just hear from you this morning. God, we have, we have praised you, and the praise that we have given you is not nearly enough as you deserve, God. We, you deserve all the praise and all the glory, but we give you what we can this morning, God, and we, we praise you with all of our hearts this morning. And God, now at this time, we just ask that you would speak through your word once again. God, the words that come out of my mouth would be your words for your people on your day, God. No one came to hear from me this morning. We all come to hear a word from you. And so, God, I just pray that you would, you would speak to us through your word, through Elijah, as we go into him a little bit more this morning. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're in, uh, in week three of our Elijah series, uh, and it's been a really good series so far, in my humble opinion. Uh, I've actually really enjoyed uh, diving into Elijah. Uh, it's just been a lot of fun, you know, just looking at, at Elijah, one of the, probably one of the more popular prophets in Scripture, one of the more well-known, I guess I should probably say, prophets in Scripture, just because of some of the things that he did, one of which we talked about last week. But so far, what we've been doing is we've just been trying to learn a little bit from Elijah, how does Elijah go from being introduced to us as just Elijah the Tishbite from Tishba? Right, that's, that's who he is in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. He is Elijah the Tishbite. That's how we know him. But by the end of that chapter, we know him as a man of God. Elijah the Tishbite is a man of God. What happens in the middle there? Well, God uses Elijah to speak to King Ahab, a very evil king, to tell him, hey, look, it's not going to rain for a while until I say. Right, and so... Then God takes him from there, after speaking that to King Ahab from God, God takes him from there to the, the, <clears throat> the Kareth Valley, which Kareth, the Kareth Ravine, sorry, Kareth means to be cut off. Right? He, he basically puts him into hiding. He put, God puts Elijah into hiding, and in this hiding, he's able to, to teach him about, the, about his provision, right? We know that as Elijah's in hiding, God is, is providing for him with the ravens. Ravens bring him food by morning, food by evening. There's a creek in the middle of a drought that is there that he can drink fresh water from. And God uses him and uses those lessons in his life to be a man of God. This is who Elijah is. Last week, we looked at Elijah's challenge to the prophets of Baal. Uh, and this is probably one of the more well-known Elijah stories, where Elijah challenges these prophets and says, hey, you call on Baal, the sun god, to bring fire on this altar, and I will call on my god to bring fire on my altar, and whichever god responds with fire, he is the true god. At the end of this story, we see that, that Baal obviously does not respond in fire, even though he is the sun god, right? We see Elijah taunting those, those prophets, saying maybe he's asleep, maybe he's using the restroom, right? Maybe he's on a little break, maybe he's on vacation, uh, but, uh, but we know that God responds with fire, and that the people of Israel, everybody watching, has nothing else to say at the end of this, but the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. This story, oftentimes we look at this story and we see it just kind of as a, as a kind of just, a, we see the story and what we, what we get out of it is just, man, God is so powerful. But I think what we should get out of this is that, man, God is never done chasing his people. This is a story of repentance. This is a story of redemption as God, God shows himself through this fire to the people of Israel and brings them back. Uh, even just the prayer of Elijah that we talked about last week, that his prayer was that bring this fire so that the people will know that you are God and that you might bring their hearts back to you. And the whole point was for repentance. 
You know, we're going to pick up actually immediately after this challenge has taken place this morning. Uh, and so if you want to turn there with me, we're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 18, uh, starting at verse 41. And if you want to turn there with me, you're more than welcome. If you're in one of our pew Bibles, need some help, it's on page 306. That's where we're going to be. The passage that we're going to read today isn't exactly a very long passage. It's actually a pretty short passage. We're just going to read maybe five or six verses here. But what I want to look at this morning is I want to look at Elijah's response. And I want to look at Elijah's prayer. We're going to just going to watch Elijah pray and see what we can see from this this morning. So let's read together. First Kings chapter 18, starting at verse 41. And Elijah said to Ahab, go, eat and drink. Remember, this is, a, this is immediately following what just happened, right? Ten verses earlier, we're talking about the sacrifice and God bringing fire down from heaven. This is immediately. And Elijah said to Ahab, go, eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. Why is this important? Remember, he has told Ahab it will not rain until I say it's going to rain. You need to go, Ahab. I hear the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant, and he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. The seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, the wind rose, a heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and, tucking his cloak into his belt, ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. That's pretty amazing right there, right? We're not going to actually talk about that part necessarily, but the power of God came over him so much so that he tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the city. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing there. But I want to just, I want to look at this. I want to look at this passage. I think if there's, if there's one thing that I think is very clear in this passage, it's this, that Elijah knows and understands the power of prayer. Elijah knows and he understands the power of his prayer. And I think, I would hope, that all of us would cognitively understand the power of prayer. Uh, we could probably share stories about how God has moved in prayer. God has changed the situation. He's changed my heart or someone else's heart. He has changed uh, a circumstance that I was going to be in. He has, he has moved in ways that I cannot explain other than prayer. I think, honestly, we could probably share stories about how God has answered prayer. But I think it's also easy to see a passage like this and brush it aside. Of course, his prayers were answered. He's a prophet of God. Of course, his prayer for rain was answered, right? He was, he was just doing a miracle on behalf of God. He was just calling on God to bring fire down from heaven. Of course, his prayer for rain is going to be answered, right? Of, of course, he's a prophet. But the question is, why should I expect my prayers to be answered the way that Elijah's prayers were answered? It, we could easily just sit here and say, well, Elijah was a prophet. That's not really a fair comparison, right? But if you've been here for a while, you know that James is one of my favorite books of the Bible. Listen to what, listen to what James says about the prophet Elijah. James chapter 5, starting at verse 13. He says this. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? 
Let them sing songs of praise. And anyone among you sick, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Listen to what he says in verse 17. Immediately following that. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. This is what James says. So why, why are our prayer, why do we, we see some of this stuff in Scripture? We think, uh, of course, Elijah's prayer for rain was answered. Of course, Elijah's prayer for fire from heaven was answered. He's a prophet of God. That's what he was supposed to do. He was moving he, on behalf of God. He was, that's what he was there for. Of course, his prayers were answered. But James says, well, Elijah was just a human being, just like we are. And he prayed that there wouldn't be rain, and there wasn't any rain. And he prayed that there was, and there was. And it makes me feel like someone in here is probably praying for no rain because we're just not getting any here in Fresno lately. But I just want to just, it's possible. Right? Prayers are effective. James says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Right? Elijah was a human being. If you had any doubts this morning that your prayers mean something, I want to just encourage you this morning. Your prayers mean something. God listens to your prayers. God hears your prayers. God wants to answer your prayers. If you have any doubts this morning, even the bold, strange prayers, like don't let it rain for three and a half years, like even that prayer was answered. And here's what I'm going to do this morning. I think as we look at this, this short little passage, I think we see some little nuggets that we see as we just kind of watch Elijah and how he prays. We don't, see, we don't hear the words that Elijah's praying. We know from kind of just his posture that he, was, he went up to the top of the mountain to pray. And as we watch Elijah pray, I think we can take some things away from here. We can look at his posture, his faith. We can learn from this. And here's the first thing that we can do. Elijah prayed with humility. Elijah prayed with humility. How do I know that Elijah prayed from humility without actually reading the prayer of Elijah? Well, just look at the posture that he chose to take on the top of the mountain. He tells Ahab, he better get moving because a storm is coming. Then he climbs to the top of the mountain. And verse 42 says that he bent to the ground and he put his face between his knees. This is a posture of humility. It's a posture of saying, just, just lowering myself, realizing that, that I'm not the one who is going to bring this rain. This is not going to be me that is going to bring this rain. This is going to be God. I am small. I am incapable. But God, you are big and you can do this. You are holy. You are the creator. You are the one who created the clouds and the seas to begin with. You can bring this rain. So Elijah goes and he, he goes to the top of the mountain and he gets on his knees and he puts his head down and he begins to pray. There's another James passage that speaks to this. God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. That's chapter 4, verse 6. He goes on just a few verses later in verse 10 to say, Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Elijah prayed with humility. It was in his posture. How do we pray with humility? What are some ways that we can pray? Uh, just talking, speaking practically at this point. What are some ways that we can pray with humility? How can we humble ourselves in prayer? For some, it is our posture. 
Yeah, some of us, we, the reason we close our eyes and bow our heads is not just so we don't get distracted. That is a, it's a posture of humility. We're bowing. Some of us get on our knees. That's a posture of humility. Right, we kneel in prayer, not just to make it more comfortable, but to, to humble ourselves in prayer. What is, I want you to think about just the ways in which you pray. And think about even just the posture of which, in which you pray. This is a posture of, of humility. Are you going to God in prayer with humility? But not even just in posture. We'll go beyond just the posture in which you pray, but also your mindset. We need to come to God with a humble spirit. Isaiah 66.2 says, there are, These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. It's more than just, just a posture. It's about humility of heart as well. Where is our heart at as we go to prayer? It's, it's an understanding who God is, understanding how amazing it is that God, the, this creator God, still desires to hear from you and me. He still wants to hear from us. He still desires to, to hear from us in prayer. Right, we understand who God is and we understand that we are not God. Right, right now, I just want you to think of your prayer life and think about whether or not humility is a part of that prayer life. The way in which you pray, does it, does it speak to, to going to God with humbleness? Or do we rush in and we just we pray our prayer and we rush out and, and as if we're the, we're the king of everything? How do, how do we go to God in prayer? I, I hope that it's, that it's humbly. I think when we look at the story of Elijah here, as he goes up to pray, he does so with humility. I think the second thing that Elijah does is he prays specifically. Now again, we don't hear the words that Elijah prays. But what's he praying for? He's praying for rain. How do we know that he's praying for rain? Because he keeps telling his servant to go and look for clouds. Elijah is praying very specifically in this moment. How do we know? He was, he, just look at what happens. He goes to the top of the mountain. He bows before God. He keeps telling his servant to go look at the sea. And what is he looking for? He is looking for clouds. He is looking for the coming storm. Elijah is specific in his prayers. And I want to just, again, look in a little bit for you. Are your prayers specific are they specific prayers or are they general prayers? Oftentimes, I think we pray in generalities. God, would you be in this situation? God, would you be with this person? Would you keep them safe? Would you do all that we, we would you help me to be a better person? <laughs> and we just kind of just pray in, in generalities. But I think the question needs to be asked, how can we be more specific in our prayers? Example, this week on Wednesday, Merlin Sherbin had knee surgery. It went great, by the way, if you've been praying, from my understanding. <laughs> it went great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about just, obviously I was thinking about this coming up, and I was thinking about just how do I pray for Merlin? And I think, honestly, I'm saying this, normally I would just say, God, I just pray for Merlin and this knee surgery. I pray that it would go well. And then maybe I'd move on. Next person, next person. 
I began to think about how do I pray more specifically for what's about to happen? God, I pray for the doctors. I pray that their hands would be steady. God, I pray that this, this new knee would adapt to his body well. God, I pray for Shirley and the kids. I pray that they would be at peace with all of this. I just began to pray very specifically over different areas of this, this thing that was going to happen on Wednesday morning. And I think, honestly, it, it was a challenge for me because I don't think I do that very often. I don't think I necessarily pray specifics very often. But I think that's something we learned from Elijah here is that he's praying very specifically for something. Right? He's praying for this rain. And oftentimes I think we can, we can pray for specifics. Now, obviously, God knows what you're praying for. Do we need to say it out loud? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But I think God wants to hear exactly what you're trying to pray for. I think we need to pray with specifics when we pray. Elijah prayed specifically for rain. I think, I think you know, oftentimes we, sometimes I get it. You know, we, we pray, we just have a few minutes and we want to get it out, so we pray really generally. But I think when possible, we need to pray very specifically for the prayers that we pray. Here's the third thing that we learned from, from Elijah. First of all, he prays, uh, <clears throat> he prays with humility, he prays very specifically, and that he prays with persistence. I think you've heard me talk about praying with persistence before. I think this is another great example of someone in Scripture who prayed persistently. He tells this guy, go look at the sea. Comes back, I don't see anything. Scripture says that Elijah told him to go back seven times to go and to look at the sea. He, was, he just kept on praying, kept on going. Elijah, and just, just this is where, honestly, it gets a little different for us probably. Because I think Elijah, honestly, probably had a little easy here. What had Elijah just witnessed? Elijah had just witnessed God coming through in a major way. God sending fire down from heaven on an altar, burning up everything. He's just witnessed the people of Israel just exclaiming, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. Like we, we, we've just witnessed this. And now Elijah goes up to the mountain to pray. And it's honestly, I can imagine it's probably pretty easy for Elijah to be like, well, I think he's going to do it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's going to do this. I'm going to keep praying for him. I'm going to keep praying for rain. Hey, go check the clouds. Go check the, go check the sea. Go keep watching. Because I know I, he just did this. I'm pretty sure he's going to send rain. It can be a little bit easier in those situations, I think, for Elijah. And even for us, if we have just seen God move in a mighty way, it's a lot easier to pray, isn't it? When we have seen God move, when we have seen his, his work in our lives, when we have seen something happen, it's easier for us to go to God in prayer because there's a little recency bias. Like, we've, we've seen it. So it's easier for us to go and say, God, would you do this? Would you, would you help me in this way? Would you? And we just keep praying and keep praying and keep praying. But I would venture to say that for some of us, it's been a while since we've seen God move in a big way. Maybe. And if it has, it begins to be a lot harder to keep praying for rain when there hasn't been any rain. To keep praying, praying for healing when there hasn't been any healing. To keep praying for, 
for your family to come to faith when there's just no sign of that ever happening. To keep praying and praying and praying when there's no signs of God answering anywhere. It becomes a little harder at times, but I think we need to just keep being persistent. Some of us have been praying for days or weeks, months, even years with no response, seemingly no answer, but I just want to encourage you this morning to be persistent with your prayers. Continue to pray. Continue to bring your need before God. Continue to bring your family, to bring the healing, to bring whatever it is that you're praying for. Continue to bring that before God, and God will answer. Continue to bring it. Be persistent. Be persistent. And here's the the last thing that goes really right along with this, is the last thing that he does is Elijah prays expectantly. He prays with expectancy. I love this. You know, you get to verse verse 44. The seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your Harriet and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, the wind rose, a heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. Now, I love this because what does the servant say? The servant says there is a cloud the size of a man's hand rising up from the sea. And Elijah says, you go tell Ahab, you better get moving. The servant did not say, there is a giant storm out there that is coming our way. He did not say, I'm starting to hear the thunder and see the lightning. He didn't say, there's a monsoon coming, we got to get out of here. He said, there is, a, there is a cloud the size of a man's hand coming out of the sea. And Elijah says, there's my answer. You better tell Ahab to get going or the rain's going to beat him there. If this isn't just a, just a wonderful example about praying with just expectancy, knowing that God is going to do what you are what you're calling on God to do, he's praying for rain, praying for rain, praying for rain. Go check the sea. Hey, there's a, I didn't see it before, but there's a cloud. It's about as big as my hand. Let's get moving. The rain is coming. The rain is about to be here. I, I love the expectancy that he, that he his response to this is literally just, Go tell Ahab to get out of here before the rain stops, right? Before the rain starts. This is, Elijah doesn't wait for the rain to start before he is celebrating and knowing that his prayer has been answered. And he knows that his prayer is going to be answered. He's been praying with expectancy this whole time. He knows that it is going to. And our passage ends with the power of the Lord coming on Elijah in a big way and letting him just outrun, outrun the king to his own city. King's in a chariot. Uh, this, is just, this is just some amazing stuff here, but I think we look at this and we can see here that in this, just in these short six verses, we can see kind of Elijah and just the way that he prayed. Again, we don't have the actual words that he prayed. The, the author didn't give us those words. I think it's pretty clear what he was praying for. It's pretty clear what he was expecting as he went up to pray. He's praying for rain. As he did so, I think we look at this, we can see that he prayed with humility. He prayed very specific prayers. He prayed with persistence. He prayed with expectance. And as he did that, God moved in another miraculous way. Now, I, I think there's a lot to learn here for us. I think as we pray, I think we need to pray with humility. Whether it's in the posture that we use, 
which is a good thing to do, or even just in the words that we say. And the spirit that we go to prayer with. We need to have a humble spirit as we go before the Lord. Amen. We need to pray specifically for things. Amen. Don't worry about the generalities. Pray specifically. Send healing on this person. Where does that person need healing? Pray that you'd heal their knee. Pray that you would heal their shoulder. Pray that you would heal their, heal their thumb. Pray that you would heal them. Pray persistently. Keep on praying. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying for these things that you know that you should be praying for. Pray with persistence and pray with expectance, knowing that God is going to answer. Again, I go back to James. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That's what it's all about. You know, normally, I would just say, we would, we would just kind of call it here. And we would say, go forward and pray with these things. But I want to practice this this morning. I want to just spend some time this morning practicing this kind of prayer. Practicing praying with humility, praying with specifics, praying expectantly, praying persistently. I know persistently that we're going to pray once. So, I mean, you're going to have to keep practicing that. But I want to practice this. And it starts, obviously, with praying with humility. So we're going to spend some time in prayer this morning. And I just want you to, to just think about getting into a posture of humility. You know, one of the ways in which we've done this historically is at these altars. An altar is a place where we literally, we come up and we, we kneel before the Lord. Now, there's nothing special, magical about this. They're just pieces of wood. But we, what we do, they, it's a place where we come and symbolically just kneel at the feet of God. So if you want to come to the altars this morning and just pray in humility in your posture at the altars, I want to invite you to come to the altars. I understand if you don't want to as well. You can pray in your seat. You can kneel in your seat. You can bow your head in your seat. I just want you to make sure your heart is in a posture of humility and your head is in a posture of humility. Your body is in a posture of humility this morning as we pray. So I just want to just give you a minute and just, will you just calm yourself, calm your mind, calm your body. If you'd like to come to the altars, they're open. Uh, We're just going to, we're just going to pray this, this morning for a little bit. So I'll just give you a minute to just kind of humble yourself before God. And as we continue praying this morning, I just want to just encourage you to, to pray for whatever is on your mind. But I want you to do so with specifics this morning. Be specific with God about what you're praying for, about who you're praying for, about why you're praying for them. God, I just, I just want you to just, just be specific in the way that you pray for the next minute or two.
these last two points, just talking about persistence, having persistence in the way we pray. Obviously, we're praying here in this space, but I just want to encourage you to continue to pray even after we leave this space, to continue to pray for whatever you're praying for. Pray persistently. Don't stop praying. And just pray with expectance as well. God, there's been prayers lifted up in this place this morning. Specific prayers for specific people, specific things going on in our lives. God, we just, we pray this morning for those things. I don't know what everybody's been praying about, but I just pray that you would, you just give them a sense that their prayer has been heard this morning. That they don't need to be a prophet like Elijah to be able to pray a prayer to you and let you hear it, God. You just, you just give us a sense that you have heard us this morning, God. And God, this morning, would you just give us a sense to just continue to pray and to pray with expectancy for whatever it is that we've been praying for. God, we humbly come before you this morning. We do so in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I want to just encourage you as you go forward from this place, to just as you pray this week, keep these in mind. As you pray this week, pray humbly. Put yourself in a posture of humility. Whether you're kneeling by your bedside or whether you are uh, just bowing your head and closing your eyes, whatever it is, make sure it is a, just a posture of humility <clears throat> physically, but also emotionally, spiritually. Would you come to God humbly? Humbly, knowing that he is God and you are not. Would you come to God humbly? Would you pray specifically this week for whatever it is that is on your heart? Would you pray persistently this week? Just continue to pray. Don't let it come off of your tongue. Just continue to pray for what God has put on your heart and pray expectantly, knowing that if God has put that on your heart, he has put it there for a reason, that God will move through your prayers. We're not all prophets like Elijah, but we are all human beings, as, as James says. And God hears our prayers. God hears you. So I just want to encourage you to go forward and pray this week in those ways. Would you, would you stand with me this week? And uh, as we leave, uh, I just want to just pray a blessing over you. If you're new here, that's great. We, we end every service like this. We just ask that you just hold out your hands and just receive a blessing from God. May our God... Go with you and ahead of you this week. May he be with you in your homes, your workplaces, your families, wherever you may find yourself. May he encourage you. May he speak to you. May he move in your heart and in your mind. And as he does so, may that encourage you and give you the courage to make a difference wherever you may find yourself. Go in grace and go in peace this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for coming this morning, everybody. It's good to see you.